What a great way to kick off God Talks through these stories and reinforcing kind of even what we were talking about last week when Michelle and I told you our story of God uh, telling us to go and we didn't know uh, what lied ahead of us. I was kind of looking out to see if all of our family members are here, a number of them are, and just ask them to stand. We want to thank uh, Lauren and Zach for coming down to help us out. Uh, we had a lot of absenteeism in our uh, worship team. Now, we were just talking about the, uh, the sheer like uh, mathematics behind a church our size missing almost all of our worship team on a particular day <laughs> would be like, I don't know, zero to 52 or whatever. And a number of them just had things on the same day. So we're glad and grateful for all of you guys who were able to step up and help us out. And uh, even some who rearranged their schedule so they could they could actually be here for our God talks and and uh, back for the uh, back to church Sunday. But I, I would I want to ask Amanda and Zach. I'm sorry not to embarrass you, Michelle, myself. If you guys would stand. Is Micah in here at all? There she is. Micah, stand up. This is the family. And then Vanessa, would you stand? And I don't know. Jake's gone. I think off to class. That, they call, that God called us and brought us here across the many miles. And we were in Vegas. And go ahead and be seated, guys. You can't. We, we were in Vegas. We talked about last week in our comfort zone. What a beautiful, beautiful story um, uh, for you guys of how God brought you here. And uh, they told me the first Sunday, you know, uh, that, you know, when uh, they, they just found us on Google. I didn't realize what she had typed in. You know, my grace is sufficient for you. And boom, we popped up. Barb had typed in uh, non-demon church and it brought her here. So what I'm just convinced that whatever you type in, it's going to bring you here. And we're glad you're here. We are so grateful that you guys are, are here today and for God Talk second week. And uh, we're excited about uh, this whole series of eight weeks. I just want to say uh, as a little commercial, I guess, uh, for a couple of, of guest speakers and just as a pastor, you know, would you really just help me fill this place when these guys come and honor them in that way? Because what they're bringing is uh, is, is beautiful gifts uh, to our community. Uh, when Justin Unger comes, uh, I, I, I told you last week a little bit about sitting and listening to him lead worship. And, and I, I, met, I had to see him and talk to him after the gathering. And I said, you know, there's a lot of people that have the gift, uh, talent for keyboard and and have a beautiful voice. You have both of those, but what you also have is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I was deeply moved by what, uh, how God is using you right now. And there's a, it's a beautiful season for him and his family and what God is doing. And he may get to share a little bit of that with us, but he'll be here on the 29th. Mark that on your calendars. If you can plan to be gone, you can rearrange your schedule anyway, please do. We want you to be here and let's just pack this place out. And then we just learned uh, just a week or so ago that we are also going to be having uh, Jack Hollis here, who is the vice president for uh, North American Toyota Marketing. And he, is, uh, he brought the commencement uh, speech uh, when uh, I graduated uh, recently with my master's degree. And it was, it was so challenging to us personally. Michelle and I just kind of, you know, uh, for a couple of days after that, we're just kind of like saying, wow, God just like reached right in and just shook some things inside of us. And, and uh, I, I know there's a number of reasons for it. Jack is, uh, is, doesn't have a pulpit to speak out of regularly. He's, he's got a different kind of career field he's going down, but he's 
uh, got a beautiful spirit and a Christian who, who really has command of what God has said to him and has a beautiful testimony and story. But we, we just told him, come, we're going to take care of you guys. Uh, come down early. Uh, we'll get you a hotel. We want to we wanna really honor you and give you a chance to share with our congregation what God has placed in your heart. So we want you to come then too. We tentatively are looking at, the, it's either going to be the 20th or the 26th. We're we, more than likely the 20th. So let's again pack this place out, make your pastor proud, and uh, let's, let's really honor uh, Jack Hollis when he comes with his family and, and brings the Word of God for us. So an exciting God Talks, and today we're talking about excuses. Uh, does anybody have any? We <laughs> I want to try to stay out of the way of this. Uh, last week I was told that I kind of got in the way so you couldn't see us clearly, so I'm hoping that uh, I'll do a better job this week and, and maybe allow you to see uh, what's what's up here that's going to help you as you take notes. I hope you know how to get onto the Bible app uh, that uh, is the YouVersion app and find us there. If you just hit that Bible app and open it up, over to the far right, the bottom, there are these three lines, hit those three lines, and then it'll say event. There's a kind of a, a menu that'll pop up. Event is one of the options. Hit event and then you'll see us. We're at the top and we're live and you can take notes there. Or paper notes, if you have pen and pencil, whatever you, whatever you use, is, is you're welcome. We're going to talk about excuses, and we're going to talk about some that, God, that Moses used to God when uh, he, God called him. And so, if you have your Bibles with you and you want to open those or open your apps up, uh, look at Exodus chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, and we will start looking at that together, all right? Here we go. Then Moses answered and said, um, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And so he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. And then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and he caught it and it became a rod in his hand that they may, uh, that they may believe that the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. And so he put his hand in his bosom again. And he drew out of his bosom. And behold, it was restored like his other flesh. And then it will be, if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which you now take from the river will become blood on dry land. And then Moses said to them, 
O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. But he said, O Lord, please do not send me by your, the hand, uh, send me by the hand of whomever else you may send. I guess there's no question uh, for any of us that we have all used excuses at, at various times to try to cover up uh, things, to, to, uh, to explain away why we didn't do or should have done or uh, accomplished something. Have you ever tried to, to explain uh, why you didn't, you couldn't, you shouldn't have done something that you did by using some kind of an excuse? Everybody in the room has that in common. We have all used excuses. These are really those subtle signs uh, that we are kind of avoiding responsibility, not taking ownership over the things that we are supposed to have done. Excuses reveal that about us. What is the definition for excuses? I define it as excuses are rationalizations that we make to ourselves about people, events, and circumstances. They are invented reasons that we create to defend our behavior, to postpone taking action, or simply as a means of neglecting responsibility. Excuses are mainly means of placing blame of an internal problem on some kind of an external condition. And we all have that in common, but why is it that we struggle in this area and we, we often find ourselves making excuses for something we could have done, should have done, or were called to do? There are really many reasons, but they kind of really fall into one category. We sung about it in that last song. I want you to take a look at it. Fear is the operative word. Fear of failure. Fear of embarrassment. Some fear of success. Fear of change. Fear of uncertainty. Fear of responsibility. Fear of making mistakes. Fear is the operative word when it comes to why we make excuses, because fear ultimately is the driver of those excuses. It's, it's, it's what really drives all the excuses that we make before God. Fear traps us, it, it locks us down, and it causes us to, to be paralyzed in our behaviors and responses to what we are supposed to do or what God has called us to do in the instance with Moses. If we deal with fear, we can eliminate living in the fear of, uh, of ex in, in, in an environment of excuses, but often we don't know how to deal with the fears that are down inside of us. We don't know how to get rid of fear. I recall uh, many, many years ago, a friend of mine and I were uh, called to go to a dark complex, a, a single level kind of apartment complex in a poorer neighborhood in our town in Phoenix. And we were supposed to go there to pick something up and we 
were kind of lost and didn't know, and, and many of the doors were not lit up, and we were kind of looking closely to see the numbers. It was dark. There were no street lights or anything out there, and we're kind of walking along. We totally did not see this giant German shepherd. As we were sitting on the front uh, of this, this particular doorstep, and we're looking at the numbers, and my friend hears the growl, you know, and uh, he runs me over on the way out, <laughs> literally tramples through me. And uh, I realized that, you know, I, I had one opportunity here to make a friend of this dog. <laughs> Somehow to, to either make a friend or cause him to fear me or, or it wasn't going to be good. And, and that out, of, out of fear, my friend reacted in running and out of fear, I reacted in yelling back at the dog and trying to get him calmed down and he stopped Owner came out really quick and was able uh, to get the dog before they made the attack on me. But fear, when we're sitting there in that moment, we don't really know what to do about it. How do you deal with fear? And so Moses had five different excuses for God, and they all centered around a particular kind of fear. And I want us to walk through those uh, as we, uh, and look at them together. Moses answered and said, but suppose they do not believe me. I do not listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. Now we're going to go back for just a moment before we tackle this one. And we're going to look at some of the earlier excuses when he had uh, been encountered with God through the burning bush and God was speaking to him about his calling. And so what we have first here, excuse number one, I am unqualified. And here's what Moses said in Exodus chapter 3 and 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? His first excuse was, I am unqualified. I'd like you to say that with me, everybody. I am unqualified. All right? And to that, God said, Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> The first excuse that Moses makes to God is, I am unqualified. I can't do this. It's impossible. And God really affirms that in, in, in responding back to him over the course of, of the next few seasons of his life and reminding him that it isn't on you, Moses. Obeying God is never about your qualifications. It's always about the qualifications of God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish through your life. You are unqualified for what God has called you to do, but the Jesus in you is fully qualified to accomplish that. If he's called you to a whatever, as Adeline was talking about this moment, then, this morning, then he is capable of fulfilling that whatever through your life if you surrender to him and, and say yes to him. The second excuse that he had to offer here is found in, in Exodus chapter 3, 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is the name? What shall I say unto them? Here Moses is saying, I lack the authority to fulfill the, the calling that you have placed on my life. And again, God says, yes, you do. <laughs> you have also um, 
it found yourself in a place, each one of us, where we are standing and saying, God, I don't really have the authority to do this. And God says, yes, but I do. And if you'll open to what I want to do, I'll accomplish it through you. A few years, several years ago, President George W. Bush coined a brand new word that I think needs to go into the dictionary. And we all need to be using this word on a regular basis. And, uh, and that word is misunderestimated. Everybody say that with me. Misunderestimated. That's right. You have completely misunderestimated God if you think that you lack the authority. You don't, you're not walking in your authority. And God had to say to Moses, it's not in your authority that this is going to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you all that you need to know. The Holy Spirit is going to empower you to accomplish what I've called you to accomplish. You don't have to go in your authority. The third excuse that Moses was dealing with is, I do not believe I can fulfill my calling. I do not believe that I can fulfill my calling. Exodus 4.1 but suppose they do not believe me, we read just a moment ago, or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. This is the place where Moses fills this, this whole verse up with what if excuses. Moses says, what if they, they will not believe me or listen to my voice? What if they say, the Lord has not appeared to you? What if birds fly and babies cry? What if, God? <laughs> what if they say, I do not believe that I, can, I cannot fulfill this. this uh, what if they don't believe me and I'm not able to fulfill the thing that you've called me to do? And so the Lord says to him, you may remember right after this, what's in your hands? This excuse is a clear, uh, tells us clearly that we don't really understand our gift mix. You don't understand how you were designed and what God has placed inside of you. I'm telling no one in this room to go and take a spiritual gifts test. I have confused so many people with spiritual gifts tests. I'm telling you to take a good look at yourself to ask your family and your friends and those who love you, who are around you, what are you good at? What has God designed in you? What kind of gift mix is in you that's going to help you to accomplish what, is what God wants you to do in your life? And here's Moses standing here with a rod in his hand. And God says, what's in your hand? He's asking every one of us today, what is it that I have placed in your hands? This rod was a symbol, not only, you know, he used it when he was, you know, shepherding sheep. There was a crook on, the, on one end to pull sheep out of thorns and briars, you know, to, to pull them out uh, back to safety if they got caught in, in those things when they were out pasturing. And, and then on the other end, there was, you know, he could prod them along and push them along and uh, lead them. And all of them heard, knew the voice of the shepherd. And when he stood out in front with his staff, they would follow him and lead. God was developing a leader, someone who would shepherd. And he's standing there with that rod and doesn't even know who he is, who God created him to be. And there are people that are here today who are standing with things in your hands that you don't even realize God has placed there and that you're going to be able to use for his glory. You don't understand your gift mix. 
And again, I'm not telling you to go take the spiritual gifts test. I have not seen a good one. And I've seen people come out of it just kind of looking at, I'm, I'm a prophet. I'm a teacher. I don't know what that means. But when you look internally with God's help and you ask the people around you, they're going to say, you know what you're good at? You know, my son, Zach, when, when uh, we saw this early on in his life, he, is, you know, he was always questioning things. It was for the girls, we could just say, because we said so, you know, and that was, that was it. For Zach, why would you say so? What's involved in this? Let's do some exploring. Let's find this thing out. And even if you told him the truth, you know, he had to go back and find it for himself. He had to investigate. It's a part of the gift mix. Because as he walked out with that truth and that understanding, he stood on really firm ground. He did the work to know why the truth was the truth. He did the work to bring that understanding. And it's played out throughout his life as he has, has been pursuing the calling of God on his life. Do we know what our gift mix is and what God has called us to do and how we are separated a little bit in every area of life from the other people around us because of the gift mix that God has placed inside our lives? Only we can do it the way we do it. Because God designed us that way. And this is what God was trying to show Moses. Excuse number four. This is not my calling. This is not my calling. And then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before, uh, before nor since, have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses could not really see Moses. And he couldn't see God clearly. And God reminds him in that section we read just a moment ago, uh, while you're just kind of going through, you know, the fact that you can't speak well, um, you're shy, you're uncomfortable standing in front of people. Can I just remind you that I'm the one that gave you the vocal cords <laughs> and the tongue, and I'm the one that gave you the body you're standing in? Can I just, just briefly remind you? I was thinking back about, you know, Job, and Job had some questions for God. And when he finished, uh, you know, uh, his questions for God, and, you know, he went through his and all of his friends thinking, you know, they, they had just kind of confined God and understood God in a, in a kind of a box kind of a setting. God says, why don't you sit down for a minute and I'll ask some questions of you. Here's a question for you, Job. When I created the earth, where were you? When I breathed the universe into existence, where were you? When I came down on the earth and I said to the ocean, the mighty ocean, and to, to separate it from the land, this far shall you go and no more. This is your boundary. Where were you? Here is Moses asking God or telling God, I'm, I'm not really eloquent. I don't speak well. You got the wrong guy. There's somebody else. And God's got an answer. I always have the right guy. <laughs> and because I am capable of making you an eloquent speaker, I'm capable of doing what is necessary to bring you to a place where you can be the leader. When Moses saw Moses, he saw failure. 
He saw mistakes. He saw uh, his, his, all of his, his, his uh, stuttering and, and stumbling through, trying to communicate. But when God saw Moses, he looked at him through, and he looks at each one of us through the eyes of Jesus. He looks at him through, through the redemptive eyes, and he saw hope, he saw promise, he saw redemption, and he saw victory. The fifth excuse that Moses had was, I do not want to fulfill my calling. I don't want, that's the operative word, I don't want to fulfill my calling. Oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Please do it. In this particular excuse, Moses is expressing this tremendous fear inside of him of going forward in obedience to what God's called him. I don't want to because in order to do this, I have to face the German shepherd in the dark. <laughs> I have to face my dark fears as I move forward. I have to go back to Pharaoh. I have to go back to the land where, where I made all of the mistakes. I have to go back and face those people. And there's nothing more fearful to me. God, get somebody else to do this. Your fears have no voice unless you give them one. Your fears have no voice unless you give them one. How much does the devil know about your fears? Only what you tell him. He's not in your head, he's not in your heart, he's not in your mind. When you open your mouth and start talking about your fears, he gets a clue. He knows what's going on. He's able to attack you more in the areas of your fears. Your fears have no voice unless you give them one. Living a life of excuses is, it can have dire consequences to us. Prevent growth on spiritual development. Open the door for rebellion against God. It welcomes poor decision making. It fosters self-delusion. And God is, is, has an answer for every single excuse that, that Moses tries to offer. And he says, enough with it, Moses. No excuses for your excuses. We're done with this. It is going to be by my hand. It's going to be my work that accomplishes this. I want you to go forward and obey the calling that I've placed on your life. Moses says to God, he says, hey, I'm unqualified. God says, I'm with you. Moses says, I lack knowledge. God says, I will teach you. Moses says, I can't do it. And God says, I will do it through you. You don't have to do it. Moses says, this is not my calling. God says, you don't know who you are, but I want to show you if you'll just obey me. Moses says, I do not want to fulfill my calling. God says, I will give you the want as you move forward in obedience. An excuse problem is also a want problem. Yes. A want problem. I want to lose some weight, but I don't want to bad enough to, 
get on the treadmill in my bedroom on a consistent basis, right? I have a want problem. And with respect to where we are with God in, in terms of offering these excuses, many of us have a want problem. We don't really want what God wants for our lives. And, and as long as, as we refuse to own that truth, we're going to struggle to obey the voice of God and what He's called us to do. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane in prayer, and He addressed that problem when He said to the Father, Here, if there's a way out of this, all right, besides what we have already kind of thought through, God, and what you know, it looks like that I'm going to have to die, on the, if there's another way, Go ahead, you know, let that happen. But nevertheless, Father, make my want what your want is. Make my will what your will is. God, let your will be accomplished in me. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, was saying, God, I want to want what you want. I want it for my life. I, with all my heart, I want what you want. I know that's the very best. And here's the place that I'm praying it through. Here's the place of, of my full surrender and saying, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to do what's necessary. I want what you want for my life and for the lives of those people around me. Are we ready to say, God, I want what you want? Are we ready to say, God, help me want what you want in my life? I invite our worship team to come back if they will. Moses had five excuses for, for God. Each of those excuses God rendered useless and null and void. God says, I can take care of it. I'm big enough. I can do this. I want to use you. I just need you to want what I want. I need you to surrender. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. And one more thing. If you would come forward and stand across the front, we're going to receive communion together. Ask our ushers to prepare that and pass out the elements which represent the body and the blood of the Lord. And making this a place this morning of surrendering and saying, God, I want what you want in my life. I want to make full surrender. I want you to live through me. I want you to accomplish what you've called me to accomplish. I had people tell me that they're not really clear on what God wants them to do. And, you know, we can look through Scripture and we can see a lot of people who started out in obedience with a, not a lot of clarity. Abraham being called by God to go to a place he didn't know. Uh, what if I came to you and said, all right, load up, you're going to a place you don't know. <laughs> you're like, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to any place I don't know. And uh, you're going to have to tell me, where is it on the map, and how many hours is it, and what's going, what do I need to pack, and, you know, everything else. And so throughout the Bible, God is reaching out saying, you, here's a need to know. This is what you need to know. I'm calling you. This is what you need to know. I want to use you. This is what you need to know. I'm all powerful, and I can fulfill it through you. If there's a willingness to go where I'm sending you, Great things are going to happen. Do we really want what God wants for our lives? Are we ready to fully surrender?
We all have want problems. We don't really want necessarily to the full extent what God wants for our lives. And God's challenging us this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you with a grateful heart. Thank you for the broken body of Jesus, broken for us. And that, Lord, that, that battle was won in the, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but your will be done in me. I thank you, Jesus, for that. And for men like Moses who ultimately surrendered, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, so many who ultimately surrendered to you and said, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. And today we're here, God, to say that's what we want, is what you want. Give us the want, if, if it's not present, the desire to place you first in all that we say and do. And Father, as we break bread today and remember what you accomplished for us, we do it with this heart of gratitude and thankfulness and also a heart of surrender that says, Lord, we will do what you've called us to do and be what you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, let's receive that which represents the body of the Lord. Thank you for the shed blood. As we receive this today, we also remember what you did for us and we make a commitment to obey and follow you and to want what you want in our lives in Jesus' name. Receive that which represents the blood. 